0: You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. Yeah. Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate okay, legend, Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. And the Wizard of Whiskey himself, Mr. Shanklop. But the reality is...
1: They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Look, for all you listen, to me, I'm not an idiot.
0: What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk. Here with your break from all the high-resource-file propaganda to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. Joining me now, Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend, Jason Bailey.
2: Greetings and salutations, everyone. Good to be here. Good week of baseball. It's getting uh, it's getting pretty delightful doing the baseball recaps. Uh, a little bit better than how the bas- basketball went this year.
0: And the Wizard of Whiskey himself, Shane Light.
3: The yeah. Sports gods couldn't do that to you two seasons in a row, Bob. <laughs> you were you were due. You went through some hard times on the hardwood. It was time for you to be able to deliver some good news to the people. Yeah, you know
2: it wasn't it uh, wasn't the easiest thing in the world to. Before the episode starts, you sit down. I sit down with a blank piece of paper and look up the box scores from the week before and maybe read a recap or two. Uh, wasn't too fun during basketball season. <laughs> just stared at that piece of paper for a while. Baseball, it's like, I've got to stop writing stuff. You know, There's too much stuff on this page.
0: Our basketball is like, who was the top scorer? Okay, yeah. write that down. Yeah. That's got to count for something.
2: Stevenson had 17 <laughs> and 12.
3: Yeah. Well, <laughs> when you're having to dig for good news, uh, not to keep piling it on to the poor basketball program and their woes, but uh, it, it's a little tougher. When, when it's good news and everybody's having fun, there's a lot more to talk about you know the the baseball team is on what a nine-game
0: winning streak mm-hmm. sure you know are and i think there's some anticip you know some a little bit of nervousness among the fans with us having five games this week two midweek games you get to rice rice has no midweek games um you know because historically southern miss has had trouble surviving success and with us being ranked as high as we are i'm sure we'll get to that um, you know, that that anticipation is kind of kind of there. You kind of feel like, OK, well, we've done this good at some point. We're going to have to falter. It's just nature of the beast. And it's baseball.
2: Yep, it is baseball. And I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, uh, will us toward a skid of some sort. But it, I mean, it happens. You, we saw it happen last week. You know, I think Lanny tweeted out where. There are like four or five teams ranked in the top eight or ten in the country that. I think I think one of them won zero games. They went like zero and four last week. Uh, There's some teams that went one and three. Um, so you know what happens. Uh, hopefully this week is not one for us. Uh, we can just keep finding ways, you know, to to put W's on the board. This past weekend was was no different, and. Um, so, yeah, but I, I'm like you, Jamie. I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous about this week uh, for, all the, for all the reasons that you mentioned and the fact that it's just baseball, and it's just hard to just continue to do that. So um, I hope we don't have one, but uh, if we do, you know, we have plenty of time to come back from it, and, uh, you know, we're still in great shape hosting-wise and all that. And when I say a bad week, I don't, I don't mean by any means that I think we're going to, like, go over, but um, – unfortunately I guess some of the teams in our conference you gotta gotta like win them all <laughs> you know yeah just yeah. like the, just like the series versus FIU if we would have dropped one of those games which we very uh, we very we very well could have
3: um, then it would have been bad news RPI wise and all that but well we still dropped three or four RPI spots just from sweeping FIU so I mean, sure. that's what a sub 200 RPI team will do to you mm-hmm. uh, and unfortunately Rice that's coming in this weekend is not the rice of old, uh, and they're going to be another one of those sub 200 RBI teams, I believe. Uh, and then you've got Tulane and Southeast Louisiana midweek, who are two teams they should not be slept on. We uh, got Tulane week. and uh, UNO. UNO. Oh, UNO, UNO. Yeah. Well, still uh, point still stands. I mean, mm-hmm. again, I know Rice is not the the rice that that was the Wayne Graham powerhouse but uh I mean any of these teams are capable of winning a baseball game over us this week and sure. uh we got five games that's that's a lot of opportunities for I'll that tell you what happen.
2: though? yeah if, if you're going to have the five games it's great that we're having four of them at the Pete.
3: you know yeah absolutely
2: um I mean uh, it's it's tough in our conference, you know, traveling all around the globe it seems. Uh, but um, we're, we're we're close to home. We're we're either here or in New Orleans this week, so that's definitely a plus. Weather looks great, um, another plus. So
0: well, you, anyway, it, and you know, it hasn't been easy. You look at these past two weekends and count the the midweek games. So that's seven games. So out of those seven games, you've had one, two, three. Three games uh, decided by one run. Two of the games uh, one each weekend went into extra innings—twelve innings and thirteen innings. So, like, even though this this past run of uh, you know seven games, you, you have teams that aren't necessarily like what you would consider to be you know elite level teams. But Charlotte's one seventeen RPI, Southeastern Louisiana one thirteen, and then FIU's two twenty. I mean each of those teams kind of gave us a scare.
3: Mm -hmm. And That's baseball. I mean, you play a lot of baseball games in any given weekend. Tennessee seems to be far and away the best team right now. I mean, they're just – pitching's unstoppable, hitting's unstoppable. They're just, for the most part, steamrolling people. I know they lost a couple recently, but there there goes to show. I mean, Tennessee Tech – Stepped in and, and beat them So anybody's beatable on any given day You've got to come out with your A game And that's the scary thing about baseball I think that's all three of us Have watched enough baseball to know that Man, uh you string together a Nine game win streak and there's a loss Coming at some point soon And uh I feel like all we've talked about Is a potential looming loss For the first <laughs> part of this episode <laughs> But, uh, you know We're all nervous, man, we finally got yeah.
2: that top. Is this the highest ranking ever?
3: Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, we finished the the 2009 season with uh, number eight ranking. So okay. I think highest prog, uh, ranking Yeah, I, mean, I don't
2: remember in any sport, honestly. I mean, were there some football seasons where we we're higher than six?
3: Not at. There, the, well, I mean, maybe some of the spoon teams not at in the basketball, top, top level. Possibly? <laughs> Possibly so.
2: You know, I mean, this is this is a uh, so this is what the Southern Miss fans that we you know. We, we love to puff our chest. We, we, we love to wonder why we're not getting any recognition. You know, I love getting on Twitter and getting on whatever and just, you know, complaining. Hounding Kendall. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, why aren't you giving us any love? Then when we get the love, you know, I kind of crouch back down and say, all right. I guess I just don't know what to do. <laughs> We're never up here, so
3: you're um, you're scared to lose that love. It's all right, sure. Bump. We love you. <laughs> we love you. You don't need the love from the polls. I got to get love.
2: used to it. Hey, I hope I get you know a hell of a lot used to it in the years to come. Um, no doubt, this, this program's rolled in rolled in the right direction, and uh, keep it going this year, man. It's a uh, it's a special group we got.
3: Well, yeah, the great thing about the the situation we sit in now is it has not been an easy road and the guys have just continually found crazy ways to win games. Uh, I mean, just somebody steps up different every time, and th- that's what can give you some comfort going forward. That we're not riding. Uh, it's it's not a Matt Walner make or break team. Uh, there's a lot of guys pulling their weight and, and somebody new seems to step up all the time. So it'll be a fun week. Uh, Golden Eagle Baseball is fun to, fun to follow. Uh, just forewarning, when we do eventually lose a game, stay away from sharp objects. Probably <laughs> don't get behind the wheel of a car. Just sit in a warmly lit room, take a few deep breaths, uh, uh, we're gonna lose some more baseball games over the course of the season. It's baseball; it's gonna happen. Uh, but we got to string together some wins and, and keep the momentum going after those losses. And it's not the end of the world. We want to host in Hattiesburg. Yes. When you, when you said
0: stay away from, I thought you were about to say Eagle
3: Post, but you went with Sharp. Object. I thought
2: you were gonna go Twitter, social maybe. You I'm gonna to to have Object? to be
3: honest. I hadn't thought about Eagle Post in a long time, and you just put those words into my brain. And I'm, but I'm it a little is less happy as a person state, now. It, we'll, it is excellent. win or lose. Eagle Post probably not the
0: best um, site for your mental health.
3: <laughs> no, yeah. Not a bit. If you feel like your mental health is doing a little too well and <laughs> you really want to <laughs> test yourself uh, and you've just got confidence and, and positivity to lose. Step on over.
0: Yeah, step on up. So uh, the first game of this week, a little bit of a test for the Gold Eagles, Jason. Why don't you uh, speak to us a little bit on how the game went last Tuesday against Southeastern Louisiana?
2: Oh, Southeastern Louisiana. I don't have any notes on that. Uh, But uh, (laughs) no idea. Um, I I got you. I got you. Yeah, hit me up because I have the games from this past week. Southern Miss won
0: three to two against Southeastern Louisiana it was a bit of a a scrappy contest there Um, you know but the Golden Eagles were able to hang on there in the end um, after Southeastern scored a run in the ninth inning so there you have it I won't go through all the stats because there wasn't (laughs) it wasn't a it wasn't our our best outing but we still came away with a win and it seems like that's been the case a lot of times This season for the Golden Eagles, which brings us to this weekend. When I say this weekend, the games actually were Thursday, Friday, Saturday because of Easter. hope everybody had a happy Easter slash uh, Ramadan and Passover and all that jazz. Um, But Jason, tell us a little bit about that uh, Thursday night game against FIU.
2: I do have the notes on FIU for sure. And, you know, we kind of talked about it last year. Um, They had a bad record record. Um, but we thought they were really talented. They had a good starting pitcher that's actually leading Conference USA in strikeouts on the season. So, you know, you know, it was, it, was a, it was a series that we were going to have to travel all the way to Miami. And we had to come out of there with a sweep. <laughs> so it's uh, all a task. Uh, game one, won the game five to three. We out hit FIU 11 to five. Tanner Hall did what Tanner Hall does. He improved his record to 6-0 oh by going 7 and a third, 4 hits, 3 runs, 2 earned, and 9 strikeouts on just 82 pitches total. That's amazing. Uh, Landon Harper with the save, his sixth of the season. Gabe Montenegro, uh, getting back in the groove, went 3-for-3 three three with a run scored and a walk, and one of those hits was a double. Lynch, Peyto Dickerson, and Ewing all with two hits apiece. Southern Miss never trailed, but uh, but didn't really run away with it. The 200 people there in attendance uh, must have been tough to play in front of. Um, and FIU just tried everything, man. They, they, they threw six pitchers, did some hit and runs, tried to play small, um, tried to stall from time to time, made some extra visits to the mound, did all they could. Um, they stayed in it. But uh, Southern Miss was able to come away with the crucial – Game one victory of this series, so it's always nice to get off on it to, to a good start and uh, and win that first one for sure. On to game two, uh, won this game twelve to four, but it really it sounds like an ass whooping, but it really wasn't just an ass whooping the entire way. Uh, Southern Miss led one to nothing after one; it was tied uh, at one through two innings. We trailed four to three through three innings, tied again in the fifth at four to four. Then Sutter Miss kind of poured it on uh, late uh, scoring four in the seventh, one in the eighth and three in the ninth. Sutter Miss was seventeen hits in this one. Peyto Dickerson, Ewing, Rodrigo, all with three hits apiece. McGillis hit a homer, and McGillibomb, if you will, for his eighth of the season. FIU. <clears throat> they used a ton of pitchers again. I think they used six pitchers in the first game. They used seven in this game. Uh, Sutter misused two. Riggins and Rhodes. Riggins had an okay outing. Um, six innings pitched, four earned runs, two walks and eight Ks. And Rhodes looked really good. Three innings pitched, two hits, zero runs and four Ks. So, um, you know, we're, we're still getting some, some good effort off the mound and just getting that timely hitting, man. So it's, it's fun to watch. On to game three on Saturday, like Jamie said, it was because of Holy Week, so we ha- we ended the game, uh, ended the series on Saturday. The attendance soared for this one, all the way from 200 people for the first couple of games to 420 for this one, so really packed it in. Extra innings were needed, as Jamie mentioned earlier, 12 innings total. Um, then we had that crazy play. Did you guys watch this? That crazy play at the plate um, yes. when when uh, it was. Um it was Ramsey who was in to pitch in the ninth, and on a three-one pitch with bases loaded, he threw it in there. is a little bit. Uh, it was on the inner third of the plate. I thought it was a strike. You could argue whether it was high or not. Either way, it's probably close enough to swing at, especially on three and one. Um, the batter thought it was a ball, and that would have been a walk and a victory for FIU. So he kind of tosses his bat aside. The dude comes trotting his ass in from third base. And Black just went to work, man, chased him back and tossed it to Lynch for the out. And so we got out of that inning. It was, it was one of the most bizarre plays that I've ever – I've never seen it. I've never seen that happen in baseball. Um, we've seen a lot of crazy stuff happen in baseball. But this was this was really, really weird, and I'm really glad that Black had the uh, the wherewithal uh, to see it happen and, and to know what to do, right? Um, that's not something that you practice. <laughs> he must have I don't know what must have been going through his head when he just looked out of the corner of his eye and sees this dude just trotting down the baseline <laughs> um but yeah ran him back got the out at third base uh the boys were pumped after that um then Ewing comes through with the, with the with the big hit in the 12th a two run bomb that made it six to four and that would be the final um so it, it was it was a really good it was a really good ending. Um, it was kind of an unbelievable ending. I, 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 fully expected us to lose that baseball game. Like Shane said, we keep finding ways to win it. Uh, even when things don't go our way. One thing that didn't go our way that day was Hurston Waldrew. Um, he started off the game and he's just seen better days. You know, it happens. Uh, he only lasted two and two thirds. He had four walks, never looked right, just, just didn't have it. Uh, Ben Etheridge, uh, who has taken to that, that long relief role, maybe first, uh, out of the pen, roll after losing the Friday gig came in and stopped the bleeding he went two and a third um, after we pulled Waldrop uh, so he got us out of that inning then went two more on top of it gave up zero runs and had three strikeouts and then we like we mentioned ramsey already but he comes in in the ninth inning and he didn't come out he earns the win he goes to five and0 on the season um, i like his thing when he gets out there man he gets the ball he works quick he's determined um, he went four innings pitched on this day, uh, two hits, zero runs, one walk, and seven Ks. That's amazing, and um, got us the series sweep. It was it was completely improbable. I don't know what, how you guys thought about it, but it was it was cool. And I guess it's something that happens to teams that are rolling or, or teams that uh, just have this this confidence and belief in themselves. I don't know. Uh, I, I can't explain how we won that game. Um, but we Secrets
3: of Dumbledore.
2: <laughs> that's right hey whatever it takes man Dumbledore, Rally Cats you know weird popcorn I don't care whatever it is uh, it's going and it's going great and if, if you can if you can come out with a victory on stuff like that happening then you know who knows man something special might be brewing
3: it's, why, you know, why we deserve this ranking is because our pitching is incredible and it's deep and that's what that's the pitching staff that really good teams have. We have a legitimate, really good, deep pitching staff this year. And then we've got enough good baseball players on the defensive side of things that if you string the game out long enough, somebody's going to smash one. So uh, the combination of your pitchers not giving up a whole lot and having multiple guys that can put one over the fence if you can get somebody on base in front of them uh, is is a really fun uh, yet uh, – Chest pain-inducing uh, chemistry for a team. <laughs> sure. You know, you're, you're sitting there at that game on Saturday, not Sunday,
0: and you're thinking, mm-hmm. okay, well, this is this is probably where the streak. I mean, this it's been a long streak. It's tough to sustain these these long winning streaks, particularly in baseball. At some point, you're going to lose. And we trailed. Uh, we didn't have a lead in that game until the 12th. Sure. Like, FIU came out with two runs in the first, and, you know, we, we didn't – we caught back up in the seventh, but we didn't take the lead until the 12th. So you kind of – and and FIU had several chances there, and, of course, we did too, to win that game before it got to the 12th. But um, thankfully, the baseball gods smiled in our favor. Hopefully, we can keep some more of that magic going and even bring it back to Pete Taylor Park.
3: Did I make up that uh, John and Jack were broadcasting from outside those um, games? That's I believe they had a tent. possible.
0: I do know um, that Dustin Dickerson's dad was there. I heard that every inning.
3: Every Um, like three pitches. Well, no. What what I heard about every three pitches for every game was the fact that Dustin Dickerson's dad has never seen him play in college, and he's so close, but he won't get to see him play this time either. And it's just this cruel twist of fate that he's in the same state, but he can't watch Dustin play. I thought he did get.
0: I thought he did get to come to
3: the game. Well, I believe he made it to the Sunday game. Uh, I did not get. Listen. Uh, yeah, the Saturday game. I did not get to listen to much of that one. Okay. I, uh, I went to a uh, bottle share at a brewery with a friend and uh, got distracted. <laughs> yeah.
2: Speaking of Dickerson, my man is hitting 343 on the season. Anybody see that happening? Yeah, Leading the team?
3: I mean, no, he just keeps getting better. little Trey Sutton.
0: I mean, mm. yeah. I mean, if you would well, have told me last year that he's going to be swinging the bat the way that he did, I mean, I wouldn't have seen it coming. I mean, he really has made made huge strides in the offseason to come. I mean, he was batting towards the end of the lineup his first couple of years here, and now he's sure. what it solidified
2: that two hole. Yeah. Well, you know, with with guys like Dustin, and, you know, just you're always probably going to be like one, two, or nine, right? <laughs> that's, that's where you're always going to be. Um, but, uh, I mean, you know, I don't know. You keep hitting three frickin forty, uh, you might find yourself into a more prominent role. Not, and he said he's, he's got twelve doubles on the season. You know, it's not like he just doesn't hit for any power whatsoever. Heads up on the base pass. You know, I, I mentioned that I, I he was my MVP halfway through the season, and uh, I mean Shane talked about it already. But I mean, you could pick, you could pick eight different guys. You know, if you wanted to. to, to nail down an MVP choice at this point. That's that's the mark of a good squad, man. That's not even going towards the pitchers. So, I don't know. It's uh, it's, it's, it's a good problem to have. And speaking of those pitchers, Shane, we're going to need some pitching depth uh, coming up this weekend with the five games we've already talked about. That really scares me. But coming off a roadie all the way in Miami, extra innings on Sunday, followed up with five games, including another roadie to New Orleans. Or Tulane, who's really good, um, you know, <laughs> we got our work cut out, dude. But, yeah, we're at Tulane on 630 this uh, tomorrow, uh, Tuesday. We beat Tulane this year in Hattiesburg on March the 9th, but they're good. They're 24 and 12 overall. They just lost two out of three to Houston, so I'm sure they're a little bit pissed off. Awesome. Um, they could have won all three of those games. Their Two games were super close. And, um, this is their only midweek game before they host East Carolina. So I'm sure. We're going to get their best shot. And then we come back and we got UNO at the peak. They are 19 and 14 overall. We played them also already this year, beat them 12 to eight on March the 23rd in new Orleans. They're hitting two eighty-three as a team. They have 26 homers and they've lost four in a row. So I'm sure they're good and pissed off. So that's great. Um, and this is also their only midweek, uh, until they play at home versus A&M Corpus Christi. So those are our two midweeks guys. What do you think about them?
1: Oh,
0: I'm, Etheridge is getting the start against Tul- Tulane. Okay. Um, I
2: have not heard that we had starters announced. I was wondering, I was figuring possibly Chandler best. Um, what about the next game?
0: Uh, I uh, not I haven't seen that yet.
2: I haven't okay. seen that yet. Um, Probably go, I'm, I'm thinking. I still like to get a look at Nico Mata at some point, but I know they're going to shirt him. And so I guess you're probably looking at We Hunt. Uh, I don't know.
0: Yo, best, yo, best yo, than We Hunt, probably. Might get back to Johnny Baseball at some point. Um, Johnny Holstaff. Johnny Holstaff, yeah. Johnny Baseball, yeah. Johnny Football. Uh, Johnny Holstaff. <laughs> yes, that's the correct. That's the correct terminology. Um, I tell you one thing, I'm excited about this week. So we've got five games. And I know that four of them are home, so it's really irrelevant. But after this past weekend, which by the way, I caught um probably the last half of Friday night of was it Friday night's game? Yeah. the Last half of Friday night's game, uh sat with my good buddy Slade White. Good catching up with Slade, catching with that game. What's up, Slade? And so what I'm excited about is all of these games are on ESPN Plus this week. None of them are on Conference USA TV. It is like I didn't know if we were watching the live game or the replay. Like the the angles, the quality at the FIU game. God bless them, but it was it was it wasn't Western Kentucky bad, but it wasn't great.
3: Look, I'm just going to be honest. If it's on Conference USA TV, it's just not on TV to me. Like, oh, I, yeah. I just listened to <laughs> the the magical silky voice of Juan Cox floating through the airwaves. Uh, I'm very happy when they're on ESPN Plus. Not that. The living legend Juan Cox is not great to listen to a baseball game, but uh, I'd rather listen to my boy Jason Baker and uh, watch it on Z T V. TV.
2: Yeah, he's the best. And, of course, all of our games are on there, including the weekend series versus Rice, which is at the Pete.
1: Dude, and Rice sucks. This-
2: but, man, Rice is still Rice. You know, I, I just can't. Every time I look out there. Uh, I still see Rice on their jersey, and I still remember that they're that, that they're awesome for like twenty something straight years. But on the season, Rice is eleven and twenty six, four and eleven in conference USA. It just doesn't seem possible. Um, so who knows? Hope it's not. I, I hope it's just three no doubters. Uh, that would be great.
3: But it, it's it hurts me that Rice is so bad. Me too. Rice should be. Rice should you know, be good. And,
2: and, 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 until they threw it, my man's head. Uh, who was that they threw it down there in the conference championship game?
0: Uh, I can't Freddie? remember. I remember him doing it. Freddie,
2: I, I think. I think it was Freddie. And um, ever since then, of course, that wouldn't win. But Braga. Is Braga back at Tennessee Tech now? I think so. Yeah, he sucks. I don't know who the new guy is, but um, – but uh, anyway, but you get it's you always know, good to be nice.
0: This has been, you know, our biggest baseball rival, you know, since this evolution of conference. Let's say this since probably what two thousand four ish. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting that they've fallen off now that we're moving on. Yeah.
3: Deuces. <laughs> <laughs> Deuces.
1: <laughs> uh.
3: Uh, I looked up a picture of FIU's baseball stadium on the Googles because I swear that John was talking about being outside under a tent, and they've got, like, a press box. Um, I don't know what's up. Am I crazy?
0: I don't know. I mean, it's not – I'm sure it
3: wasn't UTSA bad, but, you know. No, it's not UTSA bad. So I saw it's not, some, I saw some nice. palm trees. Um, not in this picture. Okay. This, this is just the grandstands. They kind of sit up over built in or like dug in dugouts and the, the, like the bottom half are chair backs and the very middle is chair backs. There's some bleachers in the corner. It's, it's kind of plain and like kind of high is school is looking and not, not known like mid, mid, mid grade high school. Like uh, oak Grove's fields nicer than this, I'm sure. (laughs) So after this
0: non-game winning streak and and the season as a whole, uh, the polls came out today and they were very favorable to the Golden Eagles. I believe these this is the highest we've ever been ranked in baseball. So uh, very exciting times. You know we still got a lot of we still got 20 games left to play just in the season alone. So who's to say how it's going to finish out. But it's always great when you get to a point like this. And, um, you know, I, when you look at who lost over the weekend, I was kind of wondering, like, OK, could we get up to sixth, seventh or eighth? You know, and in some of the polls, we exceeded that. So looking at the, the polls right here, perfect game, which I don't know what you consider, if you consider them, the, like how legitimate you consider their poll to be. But they had us ranked fifth D1 baseball, the USA Today coaches poll. The National Collegiate Baseball Writers Association, they all had us ranked sixth. Baseball America had us ranked seventh. And then once again, uh, bringing up the caboose, collegiate baseball <laughs> had us up 12 spots from last week to fifteenth.
3: So, I posed a theory on that today uh, on Twitter. And are these guys just really slow at watching games like they have to watch them all? So they, they DVR or watch all these games on demand? So they're really a week behind.
0: That that's interesting because that whole that checks out.
3: I I feel like uh, with their numbers they're a week behind everybody else. Well, if we lose, maybe they'll they'll be like, oh, right, you guys
0: are sixth. <laughs> Back to the future. <laughs> Back to the future. RPI right now sitting at thirteen, and I think FIU was the worst RPI team left on our schedule so still for us to to finish in that you know top 10 rpi range we're going to have to have a really really strong finish to the season um our pro- projected rpi right now according to Warren nolan is 16 which still would i'm assuming would leave us as, as a host team so um gold Eagles now 27 and 8 on the season 13 and 2 in conference usa just ridiculously good numbers right now exciting times To be a Golden Eagle fan. I mean. Does it feel weird to be ranked this high?
3: Yes. I mean we spent the first 25 minutes of this show. Panicking over (laughs) when we're going to lose. That's how weird it feels (laughs) to be ranked this high. I'm very glad that we are. It's fun. I hope we stay this this high. Or uh, even move a little higher. But um, yeah. Yeah it feels weird. And uh, I looked it up. Uh, Rice is not a sub 200 RPI team because their RPI is 199. They're
0: 199.
2: Yeah.
3: So maybe a, a few, so maybe three losses to us will bump them up
0: a little bit.
2: So what about and the her. rest of the slate? I'm not trying to look ahead, but um, you know I'm looking ahead. Um, so we have UAB, we have Old Dominion, we have Ole Miss at
3: the
0: peak. Uh, we got South Alabama at South Alabama. Oh, good lord. Well, I mean, we did beat API them the game, last right? time
3: we played them. We did beat them last time we played them. It is possible. We can do it.
2: That Old Dominion series is looming. UTSA is pretty good this year. we end up season with middle. I like how it stacks up. You know, this, this is probably... This Rice series... Um, this this kind of could, you know... kind If we can go ahead and get... Three of these, and all you're doing is you're staring at, I mean, UAB, Old Dominion, UTSA, and the middle really doesn't even count.
3: Well, what's, what do midweeks look like after after this week? Uh, because this is a brutal one.
0: Southeastern Louisiana, South Alabama, Ole Miss. And another interesting thing, we talk about RPI. So after this week, after next Tuesday, so we've got Tulane, New Orleans. Rice, and then Southeastern Louisiana. After that game on August, on April the 26th, every game remaining on the schedule, as of right now, will be against sub-100 RPI teams. UAB is 89, South Alabama is 49 right now, Old Dominion 77, old Miss 55, UTSA 56, Middle 10 63. So after we get through a week from tomorrow, every game on the schedule, as of right now, is a top-100
3: RPI team. That'll be nice, and man, to really look ahead, the Sun Belt baseball is absolutely on fire this year with several really good teams. You throw us into the mix, and Old Dominion, you know, is will sneak yeah. up some years and have a good team. Sun Belt baseball is going to be fun. Most definitely, most
0: definitely. Well, this is kind of Southern Miss related news. This is uh, in football. It was the opening weekend for the USFL yesterday. The New Orleans Breakers New Orleans Breakers made their debut, defeating the Philadelphia Stars by a final score of twenty-three to seventeen. Larry Fedora, currently one and zero as New Orleans Breakers head coach, their quarterback. Was a former golden eagle of sorts, wide receiver and a quarterback in Kyle Sloter had a decent game. Um, kind of struggled there in the first half, but the, the, listen to this. The, the story of the game for the breakers was their defense. So a Larry Fedora team has a defense (laughs) that's out there showing out had they, they, they kind of, they kind of played a lot like we did against Houston in 2011. I mean, they first score of the, of the season for them was a defensive touchdown. So. Um, you have a Larry Fedora team playing <laughs> solid defense and not doing much through the air. So <laughs> 2022, it's, y'all. That, oh, did did you guys
2: watch? Did. did you guys watch much of that? USA? I did. I did. So, um, the first, it was great attendance that first night, right? But that was the Birmingham team playing, yeah. which is still kind of weird because it's in Birmingham, but you know, so all of the teams are playing there at the same place. Yes. Yeah. How do they? Ex- how do you expect the attendance to go in that
0: I don't situation? Think they're, I, I think their revenue is coming from TV. I
3: don't think they're expecting it, it, anybody
2: it, to it show is, up. Is 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 this? Is it a? Uh, I'm just. I guess I'm.
3: Next season, they'll move to their respective cities. Is the plan? Yeah.
2: Well, I, I guess I'm just wondering, like, why? I mean, not that I care, but I think
0: when they uh, were planning this out, it was still when like COVID was more of a thing. Yeah. And so they were kind of trying to plan out, like, okay, well, we're I have mean, to keep I guess that makes sense. Need to. Um, Save travel
3: just... costs for a fledgling upstart football league.
0: Yeah. But like Jay, like, like Shane said, next year the plan is to move them to their respective team. You we'll know?
2: see how it goes. I mean, most of these leagues fail. Uh, I do like the neural I like Fedora, obviously. I like the whole thing they got going on that Dave the Wave <laughs> mascot they got yeah. and uh, the colors and. I'd love to go check out a game or two um, in the uh, in the spring down in New Orleans. That would be cool. I'm not driving to Birmingham to go see New Orleans play. I'm just not doing that. But
0: uh, I recall the Voodoo having some decent crowds. Like I think it's in New Orleans. It's football. Like the Saints aren't playing. I think people will get into it, and there is a little bit of a nostalgia there with with the Breakers as well. So. Uh, I mean, everybody, of course, remembers Marcus Dupree tearing his ACL. Uh, it was probably the biggest moment in Breakers history, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, the, the logo is great. The colors are cool. I, I'd love to see. I'm, I'm excited to see Fedora and, uh, you know, it's, it's cool. I'm happy for Kyle Sloter.
3: Yeah. Uh, don't forget that you can also be a Houston gamblers fan because Julian Allen is on their roster. Do you know? And not he- only on their roster is their tight end. Do you know who their head coach is? I, is it someone? It is. Is it someone? Yeah. It is. <laughs> so I can't wait until the Breakers play the game. Wow, the break, that, that is that's the
0: best. Cool. The one that's the one we got to watch. The Breakers and the, the Fedora. That Sumlin one in too. New
2: Orleans. I would. I, I would go watch that.
0: Yeah, New absolutely.
3: New yeah. D- say,
2: well, next if they make it through season one, then and there's a season two, and they have home games in New Orleans. I'm in for that game. Yeah,
0: most definitely. All right. I right. Stick it in them.
1: <laughs>
0: also, some quick Southern Miss basketball news. This is per John Rothstein on Twitter. Vanderbilt hosting Southern Miss in basketball next season. So the Golden Eagles and the Commodores going at it once again. Softball this week. Shane, why don't you bring us up to speed?
3: I will. I will. I just took my last sip of one. Let me get into my last pour of this one. And we'll talk some softball. Man, softball is starting to get it rolling. We talked about how young this team is. We've got a, a couple of really key veteran pieces with uh Tata Davis and Destiny Smith, but uh for the most part it's it's a young team. Well, Lady Eagles followed up their series, win, conference series win in Charlotte last weekend with a sweep of UTEP in Hattiesburg this weekend. Uh, same schedule that the gentleman played with the Thursday through Saturday games. Thursday the 14th, Lady Eagles won eight to nothing in five innings. Mo Linestock threw a no hitter, which was the first of her career. She struck out five. Uh, this was her 19th complete game of the year and fifth shutout. She, after that game, sat at 16 and six on the season in the circle. So absolutely huge news with Mo throwing a no hitter there. Uh, Tata Davis, speaking of, of her and, and her kind of veteran leadership, she made a diving catch in the fourth to snag a line drive in the gap, uh, between second base and first base that was sports center worthy. Uh, I mean, just complete extension. Slapped it out of the air. Uh, our buddy Jason Baker was a fun call to listen to him make on that one too. I like when Jason gets excited. Uh, he, uh, you never know what's going to come out of his mouth, but great call. Great catch. Uh, besides Mo Line Stock's, uh, accolades here, uh, Brian Levin got his 400th career NCAA win as head coach. So congratulations <laughs> to him. Uh, Eagles recorded nine hits to UTEP's zero. And again, walked away with that eight to nothing victory. Friday, the fifteenth, ladies won five to three. Mo Linestock was back in the circle again. Was only only pitched five innings the the game before, so they decided to uh, to throw her back out the next day. Uh, she also gets another complete game win. Uh, Maria Smith and Hannah Borden both had home runs. Smith's three-run home run in the fifth was the difference in the game. Uh, the Lady Eagles have an 11-1 and record this season when hitting two or more home runs in a game. So if the, the bats catch on fire, the Lady Eagles are pretty unstoppable. Uh, Saturday, the 16th, ladies finish off that sweep of UTEP, and I didn't write the score down. Uh, so we're just going to know that they won that game. <laughs> Uh, it was the second Conference USA series of the win and second in a row for the Lady Eagles. They've now won eight of their last nine games with this. Uh, again, I mentioned that it was the first sweep of the season. Uh, Paige Kilgore actually got the win in the circle for this one. Uh, Mo did come in and finish up the last couple of innings of work and freshman Alexis Dittmer hit a three run home run. Uh, No midweek action for the ladies this week. They're at UTSA this Friday, the 22nd through Sunday, the 24th. UTSA currently sits at 14 and 23, 7 and 7 in Conference USA action. Our Lady Eagles are currently 26 and 16 and 6 and 9 in Conference USA play. So making some good progress there on the conference record in the last couple of weekends. Uh, it should be fun to see what the ladies can do over the course of the season. Don't let them get hot come conference tournament time when records go out the window and they can make some noise. So, uh, keep track of what the Lady Eagles are doing right down 4th Street. Speaking of track and down 4th Street, uh, track team was in action. They're located down 4th Street next to the (laughs) softball field. Uh, but they weren't on, they weren't in action on 4th Street this weekend. They split the squad again. Uh, some athletes went out to the Mount SAC relays in Walnut, California, and then some athletes went to the War Eagle Invitational in Auburn, Alabama. We had two new school records set over the weekend. Fred Mudani set the shot put record in Auburn. Uh, kind of cool for him because he beat his own school record with that one. Uh, he's the only Conference USA athlete to throw over 60 feet so far this season, so just Killing it out there. And uh Wia Warzniak set the record in the outdoor 5K out in California. Uh, she already held the indoor 5K, so now she owns both records. Uh, a handful of Golden Eagles set personal records in that. The only podium finish that I saw was the man, the myth, the legend, Corvell Todd, out doing his high jump thing, plus second with a jump of 7 feet 3 inches. Next up for the, the Eagle track squad, is at the Crimson Tide invite this Friday, the 22nd, and Saturday, the 23rd. Since the last time we talked to you, men's golf finished up the Mossy Oak Collegiate at the Mossy Oak Golf Club in West Point, Mississippi. Unfortunately, the gentleman finished that tournament 17th out of 19th, just was not a good a uh, stretch for the the Eagles senior senior Hunter Adkins, who is a West Point native, was the low eagle at uh, tied for 46th. So not a whole lot of positives coming out of that one. Men have some time to shake it off. Next up at the Conference USA Championships at the Texarkana Country Club in Texarkana, Arkansas, Monday, the 25th through Thursday, the 28th. Uh, the ladies are currently in action at the Conference USA Tournament at the PGA National Resort in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. Uh, it started today. We're recording Monday, the 18th through Wednesday, the 20th. Uh, currently, ladies sit in fifth out of the 12 Conference USA teams fielding a, a ladies' golf program. Uh, after the first round, they are at plus 23. Uh, Merce Carbaccio is the low eagle in the first round at plus three, and she is tied for 13th. Women's tennis. Uh, they fell three to four at UNO back on Wednesday, the 13th. All three points came from singles matches with Sarah Medic, Clara Tardeval, and Madison Ricardo earning points for the Eagles. That takes their record to 13 and four, two and one in conference USA action. Next up for them, conference USA championships in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, Thursday, the 21st through Sunday, the 24th. Uh, men's Tennis was not in action last week, but they were in action today. I didn't have uh, information on them at the time of recording, so I'll touch on that next week. Uh, but here, Monday, the 18th, UNO in Hattiesburg. It was senior day for Drew Soonish. Uh, next up, again, it's a running theme here coming down to the end of the semester, Conference USA Championships for the men in Norfolk, Virginia. That's Friday, the 22nd through sunday the 24th and last but not least for the week beach volleyball was in action ladies were out at the arizona invitational on friday the 15th and saturday the 16th friday fell uh, zero to five to number 17 arizona and one to four to number long number 11 long beach State. Uh the fifth pair of Carmen Sanchez, Delgado, and Kai Norman bounced back from a first set four to twenty-one defeat to earn that point with a 21-19-15-13 wins in the next two sets. Saturday they fell to uh two to three to Stephen F. Austin, second pair of Vanessa Hernikova and Kelly Garraway, and the third pair of Taylor Pierce, Olivia Hepworth won their sets to earn points for the Golden Eagles. And then uh rounding out the weekend. One 3-2 to two versus Cal State Bakersfield. The number one pair of Breely Favre and Alexandra Chudzik. Number three pair of Hepworth Pierce. And number four pair of Haley Fallon, Valeria Siakidou, C- Papi Kairaku all won their matches. Uh, next up for the Beach Volleyball squad is a double header at Tulane at the White Sands Beach Volleyball Complex on Saturday, April the 23rd. Beach volleyball currently sits at 11 and 22 and one in three in conference USA action. Uh, boys, that's, uh, that's all I got. And here after the next couple of weeks, uh, everybody will be glad to hear that. You don't have to listen to me talk for so long at the <laughs> end of the show, because got a lot of conference USA championship action here in the next week or two. Hopefully some golden Eagles come back to Hattiesburg with some hardware. Do you guys have any shout outs this week?
2: <laughs> well, I wanted to, uh, real quick, if I could, um, you know, we have our To the Top Talk uh, golf tournament benefiting the Southern Miss golf team coming up in two weeks on the 29th and 30th. Is that the Friday, Saturday next week? Anyway, um, Friday, Saturday at the end of this month. I wanted to announce our team pairings, but school cool we got 24 no. guys playing Go for it. this year. <laughs> Stop. Uh, Stop. I am Stop. the team. Uh, so Chad uh, Chad Dickens and I, uh, he's a captain and I'm a captain. They won last year, so Team Gold won it. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm back for back for more this year. I'm the Team Black captain. We have an honorary captain, Martian Kenny. We'll be coming out and uh, making the rounds and riding around. Uh, w- with Angela, uh, just, uh, I don't know what he's going to do. I guess he's going to be shaking hands and, you know, shooting bottle rockets and whatever you do. So, um, my team, uh, myself, uh, th- then sing Lowry, Rockwell, Whitaker, Roper, Dickens, Brenton, my dad, uh, Stoop, Carver, and Leonard versus, uh, Bernard Knight Cook. That's Jeff Cook, by the way. Pace, Molds, Royals, Rogers and Rogers, Lazenby, Dickens, another Dickens, and Cole. Um, so all these guys will be teeing off. Um, and, uh, we're gonna give a shout out to Gl- uh, Glory Bounds throwing in some gift cards. Big Wang Lang autographed a football. we also, and I actually just received a text message, uh, within the last minute, uh, from Coach Will Hall. Uh, so I guess I'm giving a shout-out to Coach Will Hall because uh, he just agreed to sign a a football and had the Superback sign a football as well.
3: Name-dropper. Oh, yeah, look we're, at me. Look how we're, cool we're gonna, I am. Will yeah. Hall is texting me yeah. right not,
2: now. Not at all. But uh, <laughs> I felt like I had to reach out because it's like two weeks from now and You know, this thing, even though it's a small golf tournament, man, these things are just not easy to put together, especially when you got all this other stuff going on and everything. and to have guys like Will who just are, are willing to do stuff like this is just awesome. Not to mention a guy like Marchant freaking Kenny. He's going to come in and like drive around, and he's staying like three nights in the hub city just to come and give back. Man, he's going to sign a jersey from when he was in NFL Europe as an auction item. So anyway, last year we raised a little bit of money for the golf team. This year hopefully we raise a lot more. Um, weather cannot be any worse than it was last year. <laughs> It rained so much, I couldn't believe Timberton even allowed us on our golf course. So I guess that's another shout-out. Shout-out to the guys at Timberton. Shout-out to Coach Will Hall. Shout-out to Marchant. And um, shout-out to Team Black, Biatch, because we're bringing it home this year. You're going down, Dickens.
0: Do, are you guys all shout wearing out. black and gold? Or are you guys going to dress in colors? Or I,
2: you, I, I wear just- black. Um, I mean, I don't think we like, we, like require it. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, uh, Team Black will definitely be in action. Oh, let me – you know what? forgot a shout-out. I forgot a, a, a very important shout-out. Our good friend John Smith um, has agreed to – last year he gave us a butt-ton of beer of yingling,
3: and he's agreed to do was the same thing. it all outdated stuff he'd pull out the coolers?
2: <laughs> it, was, it was brand new. It was the flight. Uh, they were, like, introducing
3: it last year. It was awesome. Um, Just making sure – Definitely a beer that dump you can an outdated uh, stock on you, right? Um,
2: definitely a beer that you can that you can sit down and have a, a ton of, right? Like tailgating stuff like that. Um, so, anyway, it's good. It's absolutely free, and uh, everybody that's in this tournament supports Southern Miss. It's year two of it. We got through last year during that monsoon, um, so this year hopefully. It's, it's bigger and better and we can raise way more money because these teams don't get the kind of funding. I know that Sutter missed another funding that some of you are like your P. I don't even want to say P5, but there we go. Uh, programs have, but as you go down the list of, of sports that are played at universities, you start getting the, you know, stuff like Shane talks about all the time and, um, you know, the golf teams, the track teams, stuff like that. They just need every dime they can get, man. So we're trying to throw them a bone. Eddie's cool. Lucy's cool. They're sending out a couple golfers apiece. We're going to have them hit shots on Old Source. Um, It's going to be neat, man. Hopefully this thing grows bigger and better every year. And and, uh, we continue to raise just whatever we can for those guys.
3: For the people. I love it. Uh, I do want to say that up until your John Smith shout-out, that uh, your (laughs) shout-outs there sounded like the end of a mid-'90s rap song. Like they were very angry uh really? like you're just like name after name had a little like heat and anger to it i was like is this like the end of a tupac song <laughs> it's like a, a little like bit of N- dickens in my life a little <laughs> bit of
0: rogers or whoever i don't remember everybody's name rogers and rogers
2: rogers and rogers
3: i heard chris a chris leonard in there i heard who i assumed to be doug bernard yes Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. You know
2: Doug? Dougie Fresh? I know Doug, yeah. I hey, worked with tell Doug you this. for a
3: while. I love Doug, Doug. Doug, is, Doug is
2: 60 years old. No
3: kidding. It doesn't seem possible. No. Full head of hair. It, pisses me yeah. off. Beautiful man. Hell of a salesman. Yes. Doug Doug Bernard's a good guy. I, I will say that. That's, uh, I think the world to him. He's a super nice dude. Shane,
0: do you have any shout-outs or whiskey selection you would like to share with the, with the group?
3: Um, I don't have any shout-outs per se. I would like to say that uh, instead of being lazy, I looked up the score for the final UTEP game for the softball team because they deserve it, and uh, the, they they put out the effort to sweep a Conference USA team. I can at least save the score to the game. They won 5-2 to two on Sunday. Um, so now that we close down that business, uh, a friend of mine sent me a text message earlier of a new bottle of Knob Creek that he had opened, so that inspired me to go with three different pours from Knob Creek tonight. Uh, the first one was uh, they did a limited edition 2001 back, I guess they released these like 2016-ish, about a 15-year-old whiskey. So that's about right. They, if they distilled it in 2001, 2016 would be about 15 years. Uh, but they put out some older whiskey uh, back then, uh, did a few different batches of it. This was batch one. Uh, Knob Creek makes solid, solid stuff. And then when you get into their single barrel picks like uh, the other two bottles I have, uh, it's really hard to beat for the dollar. If if you're out there and, and you want something cool for your collection at home, grab a, a Wild Turkey Russell's Reserve single barrel pick or a Knob Creek single barrel pick or, or an Elijah Craig. Uh, I mean, it's all really good whiskey, and you'll be really amazed what what kind of quality you can get in some of these single barrels. So uh, one of them, the second pour that I had tonight was actually uh, one of the ones that uh, the Honorable Toby Barker picked uh, there a couple of years ago. Um, this was the 11-year and some odd months pick that he did uh, coming in at 120 proof. Uh, Jamie Ferris at Lincoln Road helped out with that and uh and Toby picked uh, a heck of a couple of bottles. And then the third pour was actually a knob creek rye pick uh from my friends at Bull City Bourbon Club up here. They called that one knobbin on Heaven's Door. Uh and uh hey, take no. that which how you will, Jamie. Uh <laughs> <laughs> um Well you but, came uh, in with yeah. that light
2: like, right at the end of Holy Week too. That's it's a big swing.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't name the whiskey. Um, I did purchase a bottle, and evidently I support it through my actions. I was just talking about how tasty it was. So. But, yeah, Knob Creek bourbons, Knob Creek rye. It's all delicious stuff. Highly re- recommend Knob Creek.
0: So, uh, yeah, I'll give a shout-out to uh, Slade White, Shara White. Good to hang out with them the other night. Slade owns the 4th Street Bar. And, uh, sidelines. So you guys be sure to go support them and check them out. Uh, I forgot to announce this at the top of the show. You start talking about charity events. It's time again for last for life. We've got, uh, we just announced the Love lineup it. this week. So this will be on Friday, July the 11th, ele- July the 29th, which is the day after my birthday. Um, which is usually how this goes every year. Um, so tickets are going to go on sale May the 13th at 10 a.m. Now, last year, tickets sold out in about five minutes' time, if that long. That's just when I went and checked to see if I could get another ticket. Or see somebody asking me, hey, are tickets available? And they'd all sold out in five minutes. So this year, the headliner is Leanne Morgan. She was here last year. If you don't know who she is, your wife knows who she is. Um, absolutely murdered it last year. She is just uh, – she's once she's a sweetheart. Number two, she's a savage on stage and has a huge following. So – Um, I anticipate there to be a swift run on tickets as well. So Leanne Morgan is the headliner. If you were there last year, you know how good she was. Also performing, Keith Alberstadt. Keith is a a buddy of mine, big Vandy baseball fan. So if something happens and we end up playing each other, it's going to be hilarious. Yeah, there you go. Big whistler. He loves to whistle. If you do it during his set, he loves it. Uh. (laughs) You may have seen Keith on Letterman, just a funny, funny dude. He's been here a few times. Great guy. Now, that being said, the third comic that's going up, I am super, super excited about this guy. So his name is James Austin Johnson. If you've watched SNL this year, Saturday Night Live, he's pretty much evolved into the cold open guy. He does the best Joe Biden and the best Donald Trump impressions out of anybody I've ever seen. Hmm. He is so good. He's, this is one of those guys, like kind of like a few years ago with the Nate Bargatze, where I was like, okay, you need to see this guy before he gets big. Nate's now one of the biggest comics in the, in the, in the world right now. So I think James Austin Johnson is of an elite talent level when it comes to impressions. This is his first year on SNL. He hasn't gotten too big for last for life yet. So come see him while you can. Just a, just a tremendous performer. I'm super excited. We've got him coming to the, Hub City, so that's going to be on Friday, July 29th, 7.30 p.m. at the Sanger, Last for Life 2022. I think we are – so I think this is our what, our fifth or sixth Last for Life. We are only like $180,000 away from raising a million dollars total for, for charities. Um,
3: that's awesome, man. During
0: this run, so uh, shout out to Ken Oliver for making all that happen. So I, you, I'm sure you'll be hearing me speak more about this. I'll try to give you a heads up in a few weeks. Hopefully you, you get, if you're interested, you get your tickets before they sell out. Uh, and hopefully they sell out. I'm, I'm, I love not having the stress of having to worry about selling tickets last year. So we will talk more about that. So I hope you guys enjoyed the show. And as always, Southern Miss to the top.
1: Talk, 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 talk. talk. <laughs> could play for Alabama, USC, or Notre Dame. You have lots of things to offer, but Southern Mississippi put you all shame. I was born here in Hattiesburg, never ventured far away. When it comes to playing football. Here in Eagle Heaven is where I'm gonna stay I could play for North Carolina, Ohio State, or LSU You play a good game of football But Southern Mississippi is a whole lot better than you